Welcome along to the Three Amigos FBL podcast. I'm the Marple Curse, and I'm joined as always by my amigo Mars, who you can find on Twitter at Mars05, and Kylie, who you can find at KylieFBL. Make sure you're following our group account at Three Amigos FBL. Uh, we've just wrapped up the season, and um, we're going to hopefully get through a few of these getting to know you podcasts during the summer as they're ideal, ideal listening for, um, for the FBL fans. Um, we've interviewed, of course, FBL managers from all over the world, as it's our mission to let our listeners get to know the people behind the FBL accounts we interact with each week. To do that, we've come up with 20 questions which will reveal exactly who they are. Um, with the Amigos now, we have Paul, our league champion, our three Amigos league champion, who you should all know and love from his Twitter account, at SkyPlayer and FBL. Paul, you're very welcome to the show, and uh, why don't you tell the listeners to start off uh, where it is you finished up in the overall rankings this season. Uh, thanks, Don. Um, I eventually finished up uh, 48th, which is Excellent. way above expectations. Nice. <laughs> Fantastic. It's crazy, crazy high performance there. Yeah, I think way, it even sounds a lot beyond. better than even a top 100. It's like top 50, is, um, it's, it sounds even better. So well done, Paul. Well, we it were... is better, so it should sound better. No, no, but it sounds an awful lot better. It sounds like, it sounds like more than even if I was 52 <laughs> or 3, I think I'd be a bit peeved. <laughs> I was hoping yeah, like you just up. got ripped off, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, um, but um, no, you'll, you'll have to shed uh, some of the secrets of your success anyway, maybe some of the tactics that, you've, that you use this season. Um, and see if we can we can replicate it next season. But um, we're looking forward to getting to know you, Paul. Um, are you ready to bear yourself to the FBL community? Uh, no, but let's go anyway. <laughs> Kylie, you take it away. Always sounds so threatening to everyone. Um, all right, so we'll start you off with an easy one, Paul. Describe yourself in three words for listeners. Well, that was actually the hardest question to... Uh... <laughs> it actually kind of is, yeah. Yeah. But I go with relaxed, because I generally don't get too flustered about things. Uh, obsessive, have to be for this game. <laughs> and a little bit geeky. I like all my sort of um, comic books, sci-fi, fantasy, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think everyone in FBL, we're all a bit geeky and we're all a bit obsessive, because I think that goes with the territory. Yeah, I think it's a prerequisite, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So, Paul, uh, with the accent, we know where you're from, but where do you live and uh, what, what do you currently do, apart from uh, being an FBO uh, top 50 finisher? Um, I'm actually living in the Welsh Valley, sort of 20 miles outside of Cardiff, a little town called Aberdeer. And by trade, I'm an accountant, of all things. The more you speak, the more the Welsh accent is coming out. It's brilliant. Yeah, it just came, <laughs> it just came out real. Oh, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> it just came out there. Yeah, There's no way that your girlfriend's going to have some competitions, Paul, after this one, you know? Sorry? Your girlfriend might have some competition on Twitter after all the girls hear your voice on the podcast, you know? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm married, Don. Oh! Uh, I, there I we go. Looked, yep. Yeah, it, I thought you looked so young, Paul, that you wouldn't, you wouldn't have made that mistake yet. But, um, no, I'm, uh, I'm 38, Don. Hurry up! Oh, what? You do not look 38 in your photo, Paul. Good yeah, skincare like, routine. Like Peter Pan yeah. about the place. Can I yeah, just say, 38 is young. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Because that's, that's Mars's age. Yeah, we're still younger than you, but 38 is young. 
<laughs> well, I, I'm glad it's not 20-something anyway, Paul, because um, I may feel very old all the time on the podcast, so it's good to have good to have someone else of relatively the same age as me um, on the show. Where, how and when did you first get into FBL and football in general? Are you a Cardiff City fan? I don't uh, know. I didn't pick that up on Twitter. I'm not the Cardiff City fan, no. I'm actually a Manchester United fan, which will go down well with <laughs> <laughs> No, No wonder you kept quiet about that one, so I haven't... Uh, yeah, for my sins this season. <laughs> it's been a long old season, and, this year. Uh, definitely has been. Uh, we've, we've had this is gonna, This is going to be fun. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, tell us, when did you get into FBL? Was it um, real football that was going on the pitch? Uh, no, I actually took up FPL when we were actually winning something. So... Uh, Probably looking back to... Oh, so a while ago then. Yeah, 2000. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Gary. I just had to slip it in there. <laughs> yeah, probably looking, going back to oh, when I was doing my A-levels back in 2003. No, oh, I would, yeah, so you've been at it for a while. Yeah, yeah. It also started with group school mates. Then as they dropped away, uni mates... And it's just carried on as something sort of we can keep in touch and bragging rights sort of thing. We've kind of put these two together for you. So you've had an amazing season, um, finishing 48th in the world. Um, Can you tell listeners, is this your highest ever finish? By a considerable way, yeah. Um, And do you have any better memories? I don't know if anything could beat 48th in the world, um, but... You know, in terms of memories in, in um, fantasy football, is there anything that comes to mind? A lot of people think about triple captaincies and things like that. Or is there anything in particular that stood out for you this year? Uh, the 48th kind of last takes it, obviously. But I think it was a couple of seasons back where Sanchez had a massive, massive score on a double game week. Oh, I, I yeah, he, I remember I think that. he racked up. No, <clears throat> that was crazy. 20, yeah. points or something on it. Yeah, it was something stupid like that with on triple captaincy, but I didn't have the triple captaincy on. I had the bench boost, I think. And I think I did the same, yeah. Yeah, I think I came out of that week with a score of some like 165, 170-ish, which is just crazy for any game week. Back when the double game weeks were lucrative <laughs> for yeah. points. Yeah, those <laughs> yeah. first two seasons with the chips, really high points for, for the bench boost. Yeah, so um, I think they're long gone now, aren't they? Yeah, well, the last two seasons have been really, I mean, getting over that 100 has has been really, really quite difficult for, I think, most of us. Yeah, I still, I, I, like, I like the difference. It makes it, more, uh, makes it more interesting. And you see a lot more drama on Twitter. It's quite funny. So, Paul, <laughs> uh, what, do you, what is it that you like most about the game and what is it that you dislike the most? Uh, like most, it's got to be the fact that it makes any game interesting. You can have any sort of random Monday night game and no disrespect to teams like Huddersfield and <laughs> things like that. But when, when you've got sort of a evident Huddersfield match on a Monday night, it gives you something to root for. Hashtag no disrespect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Had to pop it in there. No, it's so true, though, because, I mean, it's it's like... In no other scenario would uh, Huddersfield and, and whoever 
hold, really hold much interest for you, especially, you know, if, if they've already been relegated or it, there's nothing else seemingly to play for. But, you know, if you have a, a player um, playing in that match, then it's a whole different story. Yeah, definitely, definitely. There's no sort of way you'd sit there and watch most of those types of games otherwise. But even just to sit there rooting for a clean sheet or something, just give and, uh, you something hopeful. <laughs> Paul, did it give you um, did it give you something of a, a more of an excuse this year with your better half? Did you were you able to say, well, listen, like this is? Do you know how important this is? Do you know where my rank is in the world? Um, I really do have to do my research. Did it give you any more kind of um, leeway that way this season? I wish or did I could just say think yes. it was ridiculous. <laughs> I wish I could say yes, but she's got no interest in football at all. No, and when you're talking about fantasy football to somebody who's not any interest in football, full stop, they think you're uh, totally crazy. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, she had <laughs> no idea about the fantasy football side of things until recently, and now she thinks I'm slightly obsessed, and yeah. <laughs> and no more cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't think I was to begin with, but still. <laughs> no, but also she's she, she's used to it by now, I'm sure. So you've been playing it for so long. You've been probably playing it long before you met her. So I'd say exposure over time. She probably just tunes you out. Yeah, pretty much. I think it's just a toleration thing now. <laughs> uh, what do you dislike most about the game then, Paul? Um, if anything, it's got to be the chips. I don't like them at all. Never had any luck with them whatsoever. Uh, just can't seem to nail him down one little bit. That's, I think that's a personal thing more than anything. But no, I, I just can't can't get anything and, out of them at all. And if you were if you were the boss at FPL for for one week, that's one day, or for one day, um, that's the question we're going to ask you next. Uh, would the chips be the thing? Would you remove chips from the game, or what other kind of would you have any other rule change that you might bring in? I think they add things overall. But I just don't get on with them. But if I had to change anything for a day, uh, I know a lot of people talk about the bonus system and all of that. But we've all got to put up with that, so that's no problem as far as that goes. But I would like to see them use it to bring other players into more relevance. Like you've got some of the best players in the world who are just not fantasy relevant at all. They, Jordan they, Henderson, you mean, yeah? Yeah, yeah well, Jordan well, Henderson and uh, <laughs> James Milner, you know. Yeah, you, you, you can't convince me on them, Don. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> the likes of Kante in Leicester's title winning season, he's probably the best player in the Premier League and he's worth nothing. <laughs> yeah. That can't be right. I do wonder whether at some stage they will look at some, I mean, you know, obviously they have brought in rule changes to a degree. They brought in chips and stuff. And as the game continues to get more popular, I, I just wonder whether. The only way to bring it in for them players is really if they did a bit of an overhaul of the, of the bonus system or they, I think they'd have to do something kind of significant, not just, you know, um, awards for ta- mo- no, if it's pl- three plus tackles in a game, maybe given a point. Yeah, do you um, guys play Sky? Um, no. play it. I played it this season, but I kind of didn't. I wouldn't say I was fully focused on it. 
But um, yeah, this is actually a good, good way, actually, a good uh, segue to that because that is, of course, that's where you kind of came into FBL. You, you, you've been big in, in the Sky game for a while, haven't you? Um, not for a while, but the past few seasons I've done pretty well in that. Uh, I think last year I finished 37th overall. Mm. And, and how many people play that, just roughly, do you know? Uh, I think it's about 500,000. All right, so still quite big numbers then to get 37. I think yeah. in that in I think one thing in the game that game I think there is quite a decent um, fall off rate you know in terms of the um, you know people stop playing because I know a lot of people do create a team at the start but if you're not active on that isn't well it, it does like seem it, like you need to be more active you need to be you, very active you change it, yeah. your captains right every yes, day yeah. it's a daily yeah. captain change yeah so that's kind of like um, the World Cup one a little bit I guess yeah you very did much change like your that captains one. yeah. yeah. We did play that over the summer. That was a bit stressful, to be honest. Because we're talking about like FBL in terms of what would you do to improve it. What advantages does this have over FBL and, and vice versa? Um, I think over FBL, it does utilise the defensive midfielders a lot better, just down to the bonus system in general. Like you, you get the extra bonus points for so many tackles, so many shots on target. Uh, so many passes completed and it just brings those players in as options rather than mm. just being something you have sitting alongside. And also you have a certain amount of transfers that you can use whenever you want them. So you can use them all in you know, five in one week or you can basically kind of bank them and kind of use two or three at a time, um, yeah, which I did a, like that as well. Yeah, there's a limit on 40 for the season, which is something I gave myself in FPL this year. And and did that was one thing you did try to actually um, bring your tactics from FPL across, or from the Sky game across to FPL. Is that one of them, or is there other is there other things you try to bring across? No, there was quite a few because basically my FPL sort of career history has been a bit up and down. So I was trying to nail down some kind of strategy that I could bring over because I've done so well in Sky the past couple of years, but not in FPL. It was sort of, what could I bring from that game to this? And I, I managed to sort of simplify Sky into the fact that it was it's a game based on planning your captains, planning your transfers, and that was it. Because there's no price changes in Sky, you don't have to worry about anything else. So I mm. tried to bring as much of that across as I could this season. Uh Sky, you get a, a starting 11 and that's it. No subs bench. So I've pretty much ignored my bench all year. I've not brought players in when they've got better fixtures or anything like that. They've literally been my bench and that's where they've stayed. Um, I, basically, I've tried to take out anything that might cause me a headache. Would you say that's how you approached it this year? Trying to copy Sky and learn from that what else did you what did you change in your approach to make you finish so high including transfers captains deadlines etc what what did you see that you did different so you said the bench you didn't use it anything else uh well i basically changed the entire way i play for this year um like i said focus on starting 11 give myself a transfer limit of 40 to sort of force myself into being patient, using less hits, 
only using transfers when needed or if I saw an opportunity to do it. Um, Sky is very planning based, so a lot of that revolves around the fixtures. So I've had a plan from the start, sort of with uh, Sky's got overhauls, which is the same as a wildcard for FPL, but you can only use them on a certain week throughout the year. So I applied that to FPL as well for the same dates. So that just took out all the decisions I had or would have had to make in FPL. I already had them set for me, so I knew when they would come in. So I could plan towards them. That's so Mm. interesting because it is such a different philosophy. But then, I mean, the scores are on the board there, especially as you say, you haven't previously finished anywhere near as high as that. Um, Indeed, most people haven't finished as high as that. So maybe there's something to look into with this whole – I mean, 40 transfers, it's really not that much. That gives you, what, like two hits in Uh, a season? I actually spent six this year. And then – Six six hits. Six hits. Yeah, six hits this year, even though I only gave myself the 40 transfers. I only used 39 outside of the chips, but I still used six hits at various stages, sort of more of strategic transfers rather than actually worrying Mm. about the minus four, because that's something I've just not bothered with at all this year, worrying about how much they've cost. It's just Mm. I've got the 40 transfers to use when I want them. Mm, okay. Like well, this Very the next question sort of lead, is is similarly aligned. So, how would you describe yourself as an FPL manager in three words? Um, I'm fairly calm. I don't sort of panic if I've had a bad game week. Uh, those game weeks happen. You just got to take them on the chin. You don't worry about them afterwards. No rage transfers. Yeah, I'm fairly cautious. As in, I don't go for injury-prone players or players at risk rotation. Tend to avoid them completely. Uh, new players to the league tend to avoid them until I see something from them. And the third would probably be um, that I'm quite thorough. I know a lot of people say that there's a lot of information out there and they tend to avoid a lot of it. But I'm the opposite. I'd like to take in as much as I possibly can before making any decisions. So, Paul, how did you deal with City then? You can't be that high without having City players. And uh, because I, I, the reason I'm asking is because I think we overplay the pep rotation sometimes. I think oh, there's yeah, a couple definitely. Of players, I think there's a couple of players that definitely get rotated, but after a while there was always uh, kind of like, what's the word, the routine with pep is always the same. The so what did you do? Did you go with those players that you wanted and you picked them, or did you try and guess Pep? Uh, no, I didn't try to guess at all. I just went for the players that I wanted. I started the season with Aguero, which was fun in game week two with the whole Guardian Gate and Jamie Jackson. <laughs> um, but, that one will live in the memory, right, John? Yeah, but I knew I wanted him. He had the best picture of that week captaincy and he came out of it with a hat-trick and, and an assist 
So yeah, with with Pep, you've just got to pick pick your players and roll with it. No, I completely agree. Because I, 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 the reason I asked it, as, as I said, I think sometimes we overplay the Pep rotation when you can kind of guess which team he's going to put out depending on if they had a midweek fixture or or the team before or who. Most of the time, there's some players like Sane, Mares, uh, maybe Company and Jesus that were the ones that you're not sure about. The rest, pretty much played most of the time. Sterling might have missed one or two, but if you kept or you stuck with him, you get the 21 points and he might miss a game. So on average, you're still actually winning. Um, but I really like the, what, what you were talking about, the, um, the transfers, because I think I've seen it again on Twitter this, this year. If you picked the team from the beginning and stuck with them most of the season, you'd finish, you know, like your Laporte and those guys from the beginning to the end without changing much, you'd finish one of the highest. And that's one thing that I want to try and do next year is be, be, be a bit more patient and just stick with my players. Yeah, it's, it's something the Sky game sort of forces on you because you've got a certain number of transfers. You can't afford to keep chopping and changing all the time. So it's that's sort of something that's now come over to FPL for me. So you're avoiding the whole switcheroo situation, which many have done. And then it's it's bitten them um, a few times because we saw earlier this season people go from Aguero to Aubameyang, back to Aguero, but then they missed Aubameyang's haul and then they missed Aguero's haul. And, you know, you, you are using a lot of transfers to go back and forth between the same player multiple times. Yeah, I find if you if you just stick on those top quality players, they'll give you points. Yeah, yeah. and I mean it is the same players mm. that are the top consistently, generally. Um, the yeah, and it's actually funny because when you mentioned that with the the Sky game, that was one thing I noticed this year at the start. I kind of tried to keep on having my captain having a really good attacking player as my captain choice each week. Whereas if you actually just kind of stick in a way with a good team, even if it's a defender you're captaining on the Sunday, um, you can get a really nice surprise haul as your captain pick, um, as opposed to trying to do radical changes and kind of getting people in and out um, to try to maximize the team every week, you know. It's um, it's definitely a learning curve anyway with, with every new game, and Sky is definitely that for me anyway. Yeah, well, um, the, that's, a, that's a sort of new thing for this year anyway, because... I was never one to captain defenders there, but this this year is it was a prerequisite, and unless you sort of realised that early, you sort of fell away rather quickly. Mm, yeah, unfortunately, I didn't I didn't realise it early enough, but um, but next yeah, year, next year, I'll, <laughs> next year I'll give it a go. We, I might do an amigos league next year, even um, Paul. Um, we'll we'll see how we get on with that one. Um. When it comes to choosing your captain and deciding your transfers, um, I know you mentioned your kind of your strategy, but when when do you normally decide on your captain pick? Do you change it over as soon as the game week starts? Do you set up your lineup for the next week? Uh, generally, I'll have an idea who I want to captain, sort of one, maybe two, three weeks in advance anyway. So you've sort of got that idea there. Again, it's something that's come from the Sky game with the whole plan inside of it. You tend to know who and when you want. And do you work with a spreadsheet actually or how do you um, kind of you you obviously plan ahead a decent bit. Do you use spreadsheets or what do you use? Uh, not for FPL. I do use it for Sky. FPL is more of a 
off the cuff sort of yes i know roughly what i want to do mm. but you you've got to wait sort of until the end of the week with respect to injuries and the european games and all of that so usually the, the transfers and captains are left until as late as possible but i've got an idea of what i want to do sort of two weeks in advance great stuff um the the next question actually paul is um i'm kind of what well, might bunch them together for you um do you have any kind of no-go players or teams in um in fbl like we we know we all have maybe Giroud or wilson or andy carroll's of this don't world. be mean to Giroud. <laughs> and we know you're a Man United fan, for instance. But like, how do you feel about cheering on rivals in FPL? And do you ever let that in, um, impede on your FPL decisions or your Sky decisions? Uh, no, I haven't got anybody I avoid. You, you can't really afford to in any fantasy game. So no, nobody's off limits at all. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a you're a cold, you're a stone cold um, FPL manager. Um, yeah, I, I have to say, is my my decisions definitely towards the end of the season started getting swayed. Totally emotional. He yeah, was an emotional basket case. Yeah. But all season I stayed good, but then in the last four five weeks, and I definitely I fell away badly, badly. Without. To be fair, Paul, if you decided to avoid your rivals, then uh, I mean Liverpool and City. I mean, where are you going to go? With, <laughs> yeah. with with United players as well. Like, I mean, look, we forgive you for that. Well, exactly. I finished the season with three City and three Liverpool. So, <laughs> how many United? I did have one, and it's probably oh. the only real mistake I've made all year. McTominay, like me? No. <laughs> no, not quite. I went for Rashford over Zaha for the last two weeks. Oh, and yeah. That yeah, that one stung. Oh well. All righty. So. Talk to us about the FPL community. What do you like best about being a part of it? Obviously, you've had a lot of support throughout this season. There's been a lot of people excited by how you've been doing. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that and and what you like most about it? Uh, That side of it has been a little bit unbelievable. Considering I only started that account at the start of this year, the interest has just gone through the roof. I'm sort of up to about 1,300 followers within the space of a season. And that is just ridiculous as far as I'm concerned. I didn't think anybody would be that interested in what I had to say at any given time on any given topic. So uh, for the community just to take me in and give me the support that they have, that's it's been unreal. People uh, we have a good story. Yeah, we were. No, we've loved interacting with you this year, and um, and definitely cheering you on for the pod. We we shut our lead down fairly early, so even if um, yeah, as when you were at number forty eight in the world, you were obviously top of our table pretty much, um, from the get go. But um, I, we did like shutting off our league, whereby we had listeners who were listening to the podcast, not just joining leagues towards the end, because I know. That can get a bit irritating when people are near top of the league and then all of a sudden someone um, parachute jumps in ahead of them. Yeah, um, it's been a particular bugbear of mine this season. <laughs> yeah, I did enjoy it. We loved, we loved watching it. We were, we were definitely cheering for uh, for your team in the, in the last few game weeks. Absolutely. I mean, you interact all the time. You're always talking to everybody, giving advice, asking for advice. You send in questions. You always listen. You always compliment. So, I mean, 
to be honest, what, uh, there's reasons why the community likes certain people, uh, or most of us, because we're, we're, we're like that. And that's what the community is about. So I'm not surprised, to be honest, Paul, that it, people took to, to you because, you, like I said, on Twitter, you come across like a nice person. I can see why now talking to you as well here. So uh, well done, mate. And as Don said, all the time we were, you know, rooting for you to, uh, to finish as high as possible. So, yeah, thanks, guys. Well done. And um, if there's um, one player that you would have in your team, present, past or present, um, who, who would that be? Uh, I think that's an easy one for me. Uh, United fan is going to be Ronaldo. The guy was an absolute monster in FPL when when he was with us. Um, Disappointed he didn't say Luke Chadwick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Good looking boy. That reference just went totally over my head, I'm afraid. <laughs> oh, God, you're too before young. your time, Kylie. So you're too oh, young, okay. Kylie. Just listen, Google Luke Chadwick, but not in the dark and uh, not by yourself because you might get <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. Not before bed. Nightmares. <laughs> it's one of those ones, Kylie, that um, people say, would you... Would you rather? Would you like to? Would you rather look like Ronaldo but play like Luke Chadwick, or would you rather uh, play like Luke Chadwick but look? Or did I say that's the wrong way around? But you know what I'm saying, <laughs> anyway. Uh, that was uh, it. Was one of those lines. But um, Kylie is busy. There anyway. Sorry, I'm. So I, I'm not I'm, Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Oh God. Um and. <laughs> you just. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm nosy. I couldn't help it. That's he. Oh. That's not a reaction a lad wants, Kelly. And Paul, uh, favorite meal and favorite drinks. So we like to frame this as basically, if you were your, it was your last meal, a last meal on this earth. What would you like to have? Uh, for me, it's gonna be. I'm fairly simple. It's gonna be steak. Steak with nice thick cut chips, mushrooms, pepper sauce. That's nice. And that's me done. And I'm a happy best. man. Yes. With a, yeah. Wash down with a, wash down with a cup of tea. Uh, no, I not tea drinker at all. I, I'm with Kylie oh. on that one. I'm a coffee oh, drinker. good man. Pepper sauce and and the coffee. Yeah, no uh, tea. Oh no, no, I wouldn't put them together. Mind not. The no, no. And, uh, <laughs> copious amounts had separately. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I um, can't get afford with tea. Um, okay, my favourite question. If your house was on fire and you could only save one non-living item, what would you grab? Um, I'm not sentimental at all, so that's that's quite a tough one for me. But providing I wasn't wearing it, it'd have to be my wedding ring. Wow, uh, that's a good answer. Yeah, it's... Um, Especially if your wife is going to be listening to the pod. <laughs> uh, I doubt she will, but... My wedding ring was actually my grandfather's. He sort of passed away just after we got engaged, and my family were kind enough to hand it down to me. So I had that melted down and made my own. So that's sort of the one thing I have that's oh, any good. sentimental value to me. Yeah, that's a family heirloom as well. Yeah. That's lovely. But providing I'm wearing it, then it would have to be something of my wife's. Probably either a wedding dress or we've got a little box with a USB pen with our wedding photos on. 
it'd be something like that for her. Easy to carry. Yeah, exactly. You're in a hurry, remember, <laughs> so you've got to go for what's easy to grab. And it beats a phone. Yeah. That can be replaced. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it, it can, indeed. Uh, so, Paul, apart from being really good at Sky and FPL and uh, an accountant, any, any other skills? Uh, I thought about this one, and I honestly can't come up with anything. Uh, a lot of my mates will probably say I'm pretty handy with a spreadsheet, being an accountant. But outside of that, there's nothing. So you're not a secret really. yodeler or anything? No, unfortunately not. <laughs> you, can't touch, <laughs> you can't touch your nose with your tongue or anything? No. Uh, nope. Nope. Just tried that. No, I can't. <laughs> Did you just try? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of these so moments the when we should have video, yes. The spreadsheet's on a level from Don using a spreadsheet to Ben Krillin using a spreadsheet. Where, where do you actually come? Nurse, I'm good on a spreadsheet, you. Well, spreadsheets are an accountant's weapon of choice, so I'd say he's pretty handy. Yeah, I'd probably come in just below Ben. Just just below Ben. Uh, that's yeah. high. Yeah, so, yeah. Some, of, some of the stuff he does is just beyond. So, yeah, I'd have to put myself in below there somewhere. <laughs> and I put myself, well I put myself ahead of Ben. So, um... <laughs> Uh, Paul, Paul, what's, Paul, what's your favourite type of music? So any particular genres or bands or anything like that? Uh, there's nothing really specific. No, I'm rather eclectic when it comes to musical tastes. If I sort of looked on my phone or went through my iTunes, is everything from 60s, 70s, all across the decades, all genres. Um I actually know, Paul, a lot of accountants because my family are accountants and I actually work in an accounts office. Um, and I have to say that I've never come across a profession that actually really doesn't, isn't majorly into music at all. And I've often thought, like, you know, they don't like listening, even particularly when they're working, I think. They, like, can't stand to have any kind of music on because it's all, you know, oh, no, I have to concentrate on oh, numbers. No, I, I... But, um, but you are actually music. You're a, you are a music fan. It's just you're not particularly uh, after any particular um, type, is that it? No, I. I have diverse taste. Yeah, I pretty much listen to anything. If I sort of even look on my phone now, I've got anything from uh, rock compilations, metal bands, uh, movie soundtracks. Uh, metal much- bands for an accountant. See, you're breaking the mold there. That, that's, yeah. That goes against stereotypes. Yeah, I I pretty much listen to anything. Okay, and tell us one guilty pleasure and one bad habit that you have. Uh, guilty pleasure, that probably comes back to music as well. Uh, my wife is actually by trade. She's costume con- construction for screen and stage. Oh, that's cool. So she's sort of got me into musicals. Ah. something I never had any interest in before I met my wife. But Better than Mars's trash TV shows. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got a prep with them as well. But <laughs> the musicals I actually like. It's all about trash TV. <laughs> um, and what about the bad habit? Uh, bad habit, that's probably spending way too much on social media. Uh, 
quite often I'd be sitting there and the wife would be talking to me and it's just going straight over my head because I'm... And you're thinking Aguero or Sterling for captaincy, right? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're one of many there. (laughs) Yeah, um, Paul, on that note, um, I think we'll wrap up today's show. Uh, Thanks very much for joining us and it's been lovely getting to know you. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. One for each other and all for one The three brave amigos are we Brother to brother and everyone A brave amigo